1: Check us out online packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore i trying to read stuff and do the intro. I don't know what's going on. The more I do this, the more I just try to do it on autopilot, and it's not working very well. 460 episodes. I could probably just take a nap. Just rest my eyelids a little bit while the intro's going on. But happy Thursday, folks. How you doing? Good. Glad to hear it. Today, we do have another interview. Again, just trying to get the perspective of the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, from the perspective outside of, you know, Packer fans, and me, who is a Packer fan. And this time we went way outside and talked to a team that, um, or a fan of a team, a podcaster for a team that has absolutely nothing to do with the Packers whatsoever, whatsoever. other than having to play us once in a while, kind of rarely, no vested interest whatsoever. So that's why today we're going to be talking to Al from All Saints Considered. He is a part of a team over at the All Saints Considered podcast, part of the Overtime Podcast Network, and they also run uh, the website allsaintsconsidered.com. And i got to be completely honest, I wasn't sure how this was going to go, and I kind of talked to him about, you know, how much you think you know about the NFC North. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about the Saints, and uh, dude knows some stuff. I was uh, I kept feeling the impulse to kind of lead and guide a little bit, like, what do you think about these players and these guys are good and these guys aren't? And I didn't need to do that. He knew what he was talking about. One other note, um, we use a different software or site or whatever, and um, the audio isn't synced up quite right because it records two separate my file and his file, and when you put them together, it's off a little bit. And I've, I've just spent the last probably 20 minutes trying to get it as best as I can that it lines up, But I kind of have to keep finding like every single time where we talk and see if it's synced and and change each individual area. And it's just, it's taking too much time. So if it sounds like I'm cutting him off and he's taking forever to answer, I'm not being rude and he's not dumb. It's just, it got a little wonky. If you ever listen to um, one of those Draft Network podcasts, there was a period of time where that kept happening to them. And it was really annoying to listen to. So again, I tried to edit it and I probably just won't use this anymore. As much as I hate Skype, apparently that's the only reliable thing out there. But just be aware of that, um, and then hopefully it won't happen again. But otherwise, enjoy.
2: We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase.
1: All right, man. So I just want to get a little bit of an overview of the Saints, if we could. Um, somebody asked me just recently who I picked to be kind of the best team in the NFL, and I thought about it for a second. I kind of settled on the Saints. I don't know if that's a common thought around the nfl or what but i really think you guys have a a fantastic team um the defense coming around and obviously the elite weapons on offense kind of help that out but i'm just curious what is the general feel among saints fans like you guys pretty optimistic that you're gonna do it or hesitant or what's the situation over there
0: (laughs) well ryan i think you know you think two years ago the minnesota you know the, the minneapolis miracle happened and we thought that was our year and then last year you know, the no call. And we thought that was our year. Yep. So, I mean, this year has to be our year, right? <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think in all serious, seriousness, I think when you ask the majority of Saints fans uh, and just people in general who know about the NFL, they will probably will agree that the Saints probably are not only the best team, but probably the most complete team as far as what they bring to the table across all three levels, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, you mentioned the defense Really, kind of carry that team to the second half of the season this past year when the offense couldn't get it going. Uh, Cam Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, who I thought was a Pro Bowl type linebacker this year. Um, I think the the consensus, consensus, excuse me, there is, um, yeah, I think they are the best team in the NFL right now across all three levels. Uh, I don't have to mention Sean Payton and Drew Brees and what they're going to do this year once again. So, yeah, I think it's safe to say I, I think at least the Saints probably are the best team and probably the best they're probably the team to beat I would think uh to go win it all this year in the Super Bowl
1: yeah it's hard to find I mean that that's kind of the 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 key and it's kind of what I'm hoping the Packers can do this year they've got you know we've got pieces right we've got those elite guys but there's so many just holes everywhere but the Saints it's hard to find I mean there's there's not elite players but it's hard to find real weaknesses on the team and then of course like you said you got cam jordan you got armstead you got thomas you got breeze and kamara and just all these guys everywhere so you got the 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 lack of of weaknesses and then just these elite at, at key positions too your pass rusher your number one wide receiver your, your quarterback uh Lattimore at corner just, just, ah, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just jealous. I'm just
0: ranting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you, got, you you have Aaron Rodgers, who I think, you know, no, 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 nothing is Patrick Mahomes, but I think Aaron Rodgers probably is the most talent gift, the most talented quarterback in all of football, when healthy. And I think the Packers do have a lot of young players going with them. Guys like Aaron Jones, who finally give you the future back for you guys. It looks like, um, Devontae Adams I think is one of the most underrated wide receivers in football right now. The guy is an absolute star and he proved it last year playing with uh Brett Hundley from the majority of the season. So, you know, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, who I really was high on this year this past year in the draft. So, the Green Bay's got a bright future ahead of them as well. So, I mean, it just the key is Aaron has to be healthy, right? right? That's the big that's the big key to all this really.
1: Speaking of quarterbacks, how long is how long do you think Breeze is going to be around?
0: Well, you know, this past week, there probably is the most biggest piece of evidence is that uh, recently Zion Williamson was drafted number one overall by the New Orleans Pelicans, right? And Drew Brees sends a signed jersey to Zion saying, I'm passing the torch to you. (laughs) So to me, look, that just, and I think St. fans are pretty realistic about this. They know that, look, if New Orleans can go all the way this year and win a Super Bowl, I think Drew will take the Peyton Manning type route, you know, the L way route, go out as a champion and retire high on the mountain. Um, You know, I think this really could be his last year if they go all the way. Now, if they don't, I think Drew could still play at least two more seasons. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say three at a average to above average level. He could play at still, but you know, I think if they go all the way this year, when I think it'd be really hard for Drew to come back just to go through all that again. So I'd say this year will be his last year if they do go all the way. But if they don't, I could see him playing maybe another season or two um, at the most.
1: Yeah, because it's, you know, it's kind of like Tom Brady in a way where you want to say he's old and he's done. But Drew Brees, I, I don't know. He's had a long career. But in my opinion, this had to have been one of his best, if not arguably his best season kind of ever, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. If, if you... You know, look at his accuracy. Look at the you know the low turnovers that he had this year. This probably was his most prolific and proficient season as an NFL quarterback. I know the yardage wasn't at the standards that we know it as being four thousand to five thousand yards a season, but still very efficient from the pocket. He reset this uh, the single season record again for a percentage uh, through the regular season. He threw five interceptions during the regular season. He threw zero at the halfway point. So. This probably was his best season all around, I think, was this year. And you kind of look at the lack of weapons he had, um, you know, outside of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and what he had to work with being a a bunch of young, unproven players. Yeah, it was a really good year for Drew. And, you know, you could really argue that this was his best all-around season as far as not just the yards and the touch shots, but everything else factors into it. Probably was, I would say, a career year, his best year by far.
1: You kind of mentioned the Vikings a little bit. They had... In 2017, they were a really, really scary team. Last year, they just kind of fell off the map. Outside of something crazy like losing Drew Brees, is there something that kind of has you hesitant about, you know, maybe this thing kind of falls apart? Or are you feeling just pretty solid, like nothing's going to rock this thing?
0: Um, you know, and, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now, I promise you, Ryan. But, you know, God forbid <laughs> something happened to Drew. Um, You know, I think this roster... You know, if you were asking this two or three years ago, if no Drew Brees, then the Saints are going to be a, uh, a wreck. And, you know, a team that could possibly go pretty bad. Yeah, I would say so. But I think now this team is good enough to where Drew Brees doesn't have to carry the load anymore, per se. I think you have guys like Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Toronto Armistead, an excellent offensive line with Armistead um, and Eric McCoy, the center they drafted this year. And you look at the defensive side of things uh, – Look at the second half of the year this year for the Saints. That defense carried the offense. Uh, two wins. Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis. Uh, they traded for Eli Apple at the halfway point. He kind of stepped in as that number two corner and played really well. Um, so I think this team it could win games, and and I say this because I think if something were to happen to Drew Brees, that means Teddy Bridgewater would be the guy who would come in and play and replace Drew. I think Teddy can this team with Teddy Bridgewater could win games. I think I think they could make a playoff run um per se. So it's not like the old times where if Drew Brees was done then you know call it a year. And stuff, we're going to prepare for the draft already. But no, I think this team could actually win games without Drew Brees at the quarterback position per se. Um but I think this team is pretty much um one of the best in the NFL right now. I think they're all around a stack team, and they have depth. So, no, I think this boat, is, it's going to sail, and it's going to sail with, um, or dare, with or dare I say this, without Drew Brees at the quarterback. But I think we're in pretty good shape all around.
1: I think uh, if there's one thing, if you were to just ask me, that could just take this team from arguably the best to just unstoppable would be the one guy that the Packers and Saints – traded with in the draft and that's Davenport on the other side of Cam Jordan he didn't really have the greatest year last year I believe four-ish sacks but I think he was mm-hmm. kind of developmental coming out if I'm not mistaken is there what's what's the feeling on Davenport is it is there worry or do you think that this is going to be a big year for him
0: uh, I think it's going to be a tremendous big year for him I think the the optimism around Davenport is growing in a positive way and I think. Yeah, you're right. Right, last year when the Saints did trade up to take Davenport, he was kind of a raw prospect in the sense that he wasn't, you know, a polished fundamental four three defensive end like you know we would have wanted him to. But the comparison that came out to the comparison that came out with Davenport was Demarcus Ware when he came out of Troy in 05 with the Dallas Cowboys, kind of a you know unfinished project from college. You don't know if he was going to be an uh, uh, an outside four three end or a uh, outside linebacker in a three four. You kind of got to see where he goes, but. You know, this year we saw flashes and Davenport really got into a stride uh, probably towards the middle of the season against that against the Viking game in particular. He had two sacks and a forced fumble. Then he had the turn and then he uh, bruised his toe, I believe, which then slowed him down. and re- He regressed back, you know, and didn't play a whole lot um, through the second half of the season and then he came back in the playoffs. It wasn't the same Davenport we saw that he was becoming. So. You know, I think now Alex Okafor signed with the Chiefs, so he's gone now, which means that Davenport is now the primary starting um, left side defensive end, I believe, in our defense. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are expecting him to take that next big step uh, now that he is the guy and he's healthy uh, in the offseason. So a lot of big things are expected of him, and I think he is ready for the challenge. Uh, and I think we are we all are excited to see him takes to take this next step to help to, to help solidify the other end other side of the of the uh, defensive line
1: and speaking of uh, draft picks you guys didn't have a ton of picks but i think you got some really good players and actually quite a few that you know, if you ask Packer fans, I think several of these were on their, their favorites list. In the second round, Eric McCoy, the interior guy, uh, super athletic out of Texas A&M. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a safety that a lot of us, you know, another need that the Packers had a lot of us wanted. Uh, another safety, Saquon Hampton. Alizé Mack was a tight end that a lot of guys liked. And then Caden Ellis also in the uh, the seventh round. Uh, what do you think about the the crop and how many of these guys you think might be able to start this year?
0: You know, it's kind of funny because... You know, the Saints didn't have a first-round draft pick. They didn't have a third-round draft pick. Um, so if you just tell people that at the beginning, before the draft started, you would think that they're going to get little to nothing in return. But they made the most of what they had. And Eric, Eric McCoy, is he's a plug-and-play starter. He's going to be at the starting center week one, um, now that Max Unger retired. And he's going to be the guy for the whole season, I think, at center. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who a lot of people thought could have been he had the talent of a round, uh, the uh, a high one or a low two round type player, but you know due to character issues, he slid. It um, slid pretty far. The Saints felt pretty comfortable taking him. They moved up actually to draft Chauncey Gardner and Johnson. Um, and Mickey Loomis came out and said that McCoy, Johnson, and Saquon Hampton were actually graded out as their top seventy players. Um, and the only guy they took within the first seventy picks of the draft was Eric McCoy. They're able to get Chauncey Gardner and Saquon Hampton in the 100s, so they feel pretty confident about those guys. Eliezer Mack is a he's a very he's a developmental tight end, obviously, and I think the the roof is high on the kid. The one guy I compare him to coming out of college is if if Jimmy Graham had played a full collegiate career at the University of Miami, I feel like Jimmy Graham would have been that kind of player that Eliezer Mack is now, a developmental late round pick tight end who you see potential. Um and really could be that an, a great tight end in this league and I think he fits what we need and what we want our tight ends to do in the offense uh, specifically. Ken Ellis is another great pick uh, in the seventh round. Seventh round, he kind of is a all around linebacker type player. Who believe it or not, right, when I say this, he has been called the Taysom Hill of our defense <laughs> because <laughs> in college he actually was used as a tight end and you know played offense as well. So. You know, maybe Sean Payton has a plan for that. Who knows? But, you know, really, I could see all these guys making the roster. Uh, I think Eric McCoy is going to be a day one starter. I think Chauncey Gardner has a chance to become um, maybe our, prim- our, our primary dime corner for sure, but then very well could play a role in the nickel defense, if depending how the slot corner plays out in training camp. Um, I think Elysian Mack is a guy I think we could develop in a year or two. I think he could be a very nice player. Uh, and learn a lot from Jared Cook and Josh Hill, the other the tight ends on the roster. Um, so, yeah, I, I think all these kids can make a roster and uh, contribute this year. Uh, and for sure down the road, um, for sure, these guys uh, will be very good players in the NFL, I think. And the Saints, that draft them where they were, um, are absolute steals.
1: Well, let's try to keep the Taysom Hill talk to a minimum, all right? We're still a little raw about that. <laughs> we're still a little violently angry that we don't have Taysom Hill on our team. So, um, if his name doesn't come up anymore, that would be just fine. Um, no, but I, 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 as a, I'm torn because on one hand, as a football fan, I love just watching the saints and seeing what they're going to do as a Packers fan. It's like, come on, get out of my face with this team. It's just not even fair between the, the, the saints, the Patriots, the, the Rams, it's it's pretty tough. There's some really talented teams. I feel like more so than, than maybe in the past, just, the the level, you know, the Chiefs' offense is just ridiculous. This the Rams' offense, and then you know the Saints with the offense and defense. It's just, it's a tough time to try to win the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> if you're not really, if you're not one of those top four teams, then you're you're in for a battle. Yeah, for sure. it's
1: crazy. Yeah, you know, we're just trying to overcome, get back to being what we were in in you know 2016, maybe. But that's that's clearly not going to be good enough. But that's all right. Um, so let's talk about the, the NFC North now, and I kind of want to change what I did yesterday where it was, you know, maybe trying to rank or whatever, but, um, going through position by position and I guess just from your perspective, let's say this team was coming to play the saints, what your impression would be for, let's just start with the quarterback. So you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, Trubisky, Stafford, and whatever the Vikings guy's name is. Um, <laughs> 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 it doesn't <laughs> matter um
0: the guy being paid $83, yeah, <laughs> 83 million. just th- yeah, that yeah. guy
1: um just yeah. just kind of what are you feeling is there a little little fear or is it kind of like oh good we're gonna just tear this guy apart so at your discretion right. wh- whoever you want to start with go for it
0: all right so obviously I think the first I to mention here is Trubisky because you know we saw him take a step in year two with under Matt Nagy, but I say a step because it wasn't a leap. It wasn't a big step from what we saw in year one. Um, so I think um, the jury is still out on Trubisky. You know, I just don't know what I think quite yet. I think he's a good quarterback, but I had to see under year two with Matt Nagy, what the next step is for Trubisky as a player. So Trubisky doesn't scare me quite as much. And you know, with Kirk cousins, it's like, look, I mean, I know he's a good quarterback. Right, okay. He's a good quarterback. I'll say that he's a good quarterback, right? But, you know, when it, the game was on the line or when it's the national lights come down on you in primetime football, he's going to do what he does. He folds under pressure, right? That's that's what Kirk Cousins does. He'll put up good numbers. Um, but, you know, when the game matters and when it's on the line and it's in a, in a primetime game, he won't come through. That's just what he is. That's the kind of player he is. Um, so Cousins really doesn't scare me as much. Um, and, st- and look, Matthew Stafford, As bad as the Lions have been for all these years, Stafford is still one, you know, hell of a quarterback. I'll say that about Stafford. Um, You know, if they can get the Lions in a position, you know, two minute warning, you know, late in the game, they're they're down, but they have a chance to win the game. Stafford scares me because, you know, he is one of, uh, you know, stats wise, he's one of the most clutch quarterbacks in the fourth quarter, you know, for the last couple of years. He's just that's just what he is. You know, he's a good quarterback on a bad team. And, you know, if the game is, if we're only up by three or four, you know, two minutes to go, then I'm worried about Stafford because I know what he can do in the fourth quarter in crunch time. He's a very good quarterback uh, under pressure. And now Aaron Rodgers, well, he is probably the most talented and or gifted quarterback we've seen in this, you know, era, honestly, you know, as far as what he can do um, and just what he brings to the table as a quarterback. So I think for me, you know, Aaron is probably the best quarterback in this division, and it probably scares me the most. And then it probably go Aaron Stafford. Um, mm, I I guess Cousins, and then maybe and then Trubisky at fourth. But yeah,
1: I think that's about how I had it. I was just Stafford and Cousins. I actually kind of was was torn on more than Trubisky and Cousins, but <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> All right, let's go. So wide receivers then. So, you know, some some teams kind of have their guy and then other teams a little bit more depth. What do you think about uh, the wide receiver group? So, you know, Packers with Devontae Adams, uh, the Bears, I guess Allen Robinson would be the number one. And then they got a bunch of other guys, the, the Vikings with Thielen and Diggs. I don't know if you kind of believe that it's real or not, but Thielen just absolutely went off last year. And then Detroit, oh, yeah. Kenny Galladay, I don't exactly know how high he's going to go, but his arrow just keeps pointing straight up. So the wide receivers are coming in to, uh, to play the Saints. What's uh, what's the biggest hesitation, and who do you think is is maybe not something to worry about?
0: No, I think the first guy to worry about is, is obviously Devontae Adams. You know, I think he is one of the most underrated superstar wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, and if people will t- if people will try to tell you he's just a system of the – he's a product of Aaron Rodgers – Go back last year when Aaron got one down, and it was Brett Hundley at quarterback. I'm sure you yep. remember that. Um, and look what Adams did with Brett Hundley at quarterback. He really shined and, you know, and showed how elite of a playmaker he is at the wide receiver position. And I think he's one of my favorites uh, throughout the whole league, honestly, is Devontae Adams. Um, then you look at the duo of Diggs and Thielen, and, you know, as you said, Adam Thielen was, you know, was what was it, eight, eight straight games All with 100 yards, yards yeah. nine games? Yeah, it was a huge streak he had. He's a very good wide receiver, underrated. Um, and Diggs is kind of the more vertical, athletic type playmaker on that Vikings team. You know, he's he's the big play guy. Um, I love them both as a duo. They're they probably, I would say they are probably the best duo in the NFL at the wide receiver position. You know, just because of what they can do. Um, no matter who's stu- who, no matter who's throwing the football to him, whether it was Case Keenum a couple years ago or it's Kirk Cousins right now, so. And you, with Galladay, as you mentioned, you know, there's one, if there's one guy to pick right now in about two or three years from now who's like a superstar that nobody saw coming, I think it mm-hmm. would be Kenny Galladay. I think from what I saw this year, he is a freak. Um, his catch radius and his ability to go up there and, and get the tough, and get, jump and get the ball in those tough situations, um, it's crazy. And the other thing about Galladay is as much of a threat he is vertically, he's also a, He's got speed yeah. on him, <laughs> and that's what makes him so dangerous. Is that he's got killer speed on him as well. If you get him in the open field, he'll run. Um, he's just something else. And that when with Allen Robinson, you know, last year was his first year back from torn ACL. So we just got to take it. You know, in ACLs. that's never an easy thing to come back from, right? Especially if you're playing receiver or defensive back, where you know you're running so much and constantly stopping and constantly, you know, having to move and get thrown in awkward positions. So. I think last year is kind of you know. I'm not looking as I'm not looking at last year as much. Philip Robinson as I am this year. I think this is the year where he'll be more comfortable with the injury. His knee will be fine. He'll he'll feel better and you know, he'll feel like he can go more game speed with the knee now. So, um, if I had to rank him, I might go Adams one, Dix two, Galladay three, and. Uh, Robinson nice. at 4. And,
1: and buy low on, on Robinson and Galladay.
0: It's tough because, you know, I would really like to put Galladay at <laughs> 2, but just the duo of Diggs and Thielen, oh, I yeah. just cannot I cannot turn a blind eye to that duo. So, it's a very close 3 for Galladay.
1: Yeah. Alright, so running backs. The, the Bears are going to be the hardest ones to put your finger on because, you know, their main running back and Howard is gone. They brought in Mike Davis. They drafted David Montgomery. And Tariq is going to be their kind of wide receivers, you know, slash running back type guy. Um, But without knowing a ton about the Bears, uh, the Packers with Aaron Jones, the Vikings, actually it's all kind of tough because Dalvin Cook, there's some argument that he's actually really good, but there's a bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. And then you got on Johnson with Detroit who showed a lot, but he ended up getting hurt. So, You know, and even Aaron Jones, the production's there, but he got, you know, like four carries a game because Mike McCarthy just (laughs) refuses to run the ball ever. So do with it what you will, whatever you can make of that mess. Let me know what you think. Yeah, no,
0: it's really, you know, and it's probably the biggest mystery is why they didn't give Aaron Jones more carries uh, this past year, you know. That's just, I don't get why you don't give the player as good as Jones is the opportunity, you know, and more snaps, which, you know, that's why Mike McCarthy's gone, right? Or, you know, that's why Aaron's a pushback. Right? Yeah. reason. Well, it's it's the reason why Aaron Aaron got McCarthy fired. But um, <laughs> um yeah, you know, I think again, I think I'm gonna go with the Packers at number one here. I think I like Aaron Jones. Uh with uh, LaFleur, I think he'll make him the primary back. Um and you know, this would be the offense will go through Aaron Jones more of more or less than Aaron Rodgers, if that makes sense. Because we we know LaFleur likes to run the ball and set things up with the run. So I think jones to me is going to be the feature point of this offense in green bay and i could be wrong on that but you would know obviously I don't, think, I don't think you're wrong about that yeah i think jones is going to be the, the you know the focal point and it's going to go through him yeah. and i think his potential is huge you know because of yeah. you know the kind of attention that aaron Rodgers demands you know at the line the threat of him doing things you know not just throwing about scrambling and running so i think it all goes through aaron jones what he can do uh, I think number two, I'm actually really high on Carrion Johnson, believe it or not. I yeah. loved him this year and what he did. Um <laughs> I loved <laughs> I loved it on Sunday night football when the Detroit fans are freaking out because they had their first hundred yard rusher since <laughs> since Reggie Bush did it, you know, years ago yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> so to see the the Lion fans so happy about having a hundred yards rush a hundred yard rusher in a game, uh was pretty funny. But I think if he can stay healthy this year, um I think it's another thing where I think Matt Patricia will will try and take stat or pressure off of Matthew Stafford and put more on carry on Johnson's plate this year and make him more of the, you know, all around future back that he kind of showed last year. So I think I'm really high on Johnson And though. Dalvin cook. It's like a mystery because like you would think Dalvin cook should be really good. And he showed flashes this year of it, but he was injured for some of it. Um, and as you mentioned, the offensive line from Minnesota really wasn't all that great. You know, I had some questions, um, you know, injuries throughout the season as well. So, you know, it's I think it's the jury is still out on Dalvin Cook as far as what he can do. Um, and can he carry the load by himself? You know, I think that's the ultimate question with Dalvin Cook is can he carry it all by himself now that Latavius Murray is gone um, from Minnesota? So. And then we know with Chicago, as you mentioned, it's kind of a mist It's it feels like they're going to go by committee. You know, I feel like you can't just pick one running back who's going to be in the lead dog here. I think it's going to be a mixture of Montgomery and Mike Davis, um, and Tariq Cohen as well, who kind of just does everything for that offense. So I think, yeah, I think Jones one, Johnson two, Cook three, and you have the committee of backs so that the Bears have at four. So.
1: Yeah, and I think Aaron Jones is probably the best runner of the group as far as all-around, well-rounded running backs. I think Kerryon Johnson is just – I really like him as well. He's a a good runner, maybe not as good as Aaron Jones, quite as good. Mm -hmm. But as a receiver and as a blocker, he can do absolutely everything. So he's he's a scary guy. The the Lions got a good – good player and carry on for
0: sure I think the lines be a playoff team from, from, what, from what we said so far between Stafford Galladay, and Johnson but
1: they've, they've had a lot of rosters over the years that you would look at and say that must be a playoff team but they're not Megatron and everything else they just can't seem to ever put it together
0: yeah it's just it's just it's it's a Detroit thing I guess it's the Bears curse yeah. you know 25 or however long it is plus years later so yep <laughs> it's rough
1: so Tight end, it's actually, that's kind of another one. Um, Not a ton of top-end talent in the NFC North, but, um, you know, the Packers did draft Jay Sternberger. You got the Minnesota Vikings who got Irv Smith. You got the Detroit Lions who ended up drafting TJ Hawkinson. And then the Bears who are sitting there with Adam Shaheen who has shown kind of some flashes, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, hasn't been super great, and they're kind of hoping he can kind of turn that around. So, again, it's kind of hard to project what rookies are going to do. Um, And, you know, obviously the Packers still have Jimmy Graham and and Lewis, if you think they've got a little bit left. But from what you can glean from this, what do you think about the tight ends in the NFC North?
0: Yeah, you know, it's kind of, you know, this is the one group where it's kind of like, you know, this group feels just about even. It's like an even playing field across the field. Uh, You know, you look at, you you know, Green Bay, for example. I love the pick of Sternberger. I, I, I wish the Saints were able to draft him. But, you know, we signed Jared Cook. Do we have a need for it anymore, which I'm fine with, but he's a fine tight end from a He kind of does it all. You know, he'll get he'll block and get down and dirty. But also, he's a very good receiving threat. Um, And, you know, let's just say hypothetically, if, you know, Starmerger just shows out in training camp in preseason, I could really see the Packers just moving off from Jimmy Graham and just go, yeah. look, this isn't going to work out. The rookie's out playing you and, you know. It's just it's a weird thing with tight ends at Green Bay because you know Martellus Bennett that whole thing didn't work out, um, and Grant. now Jimmy Graham is here. <laughs> Jer- exactly, Jared Cook. You know he is the one play in the Cowboy game that people right. talk about, but you know everything before and after that's kind of a blur. And they should have never let Cook go to begin with. I think
1: right. I agree with that.
0: Yeah, so you know I love I love what they have there. Number two, I probably go to Minnesota because not only because of Irv Smith, but Kyle Rudolph. I know he's still he's still a very above average tight end i think in the nfl he does a lot of good things for the vikings and kind of um is a very good receiving threat he'll block well for you um he may not have like the speed to burn you down the field but he is a guy who can go over the middle and can make the tough catches uh, in traffic and you know does those kind of things for you also he's a very great leader for the vikings you know because it, it kind of seems like what kirk cousins he's all blabber but not real you know mm-hmm. Not a real leader per se, <laughs> but I think well, Kyle Rudolph he he is that guy in Minnesota that people look up to and respect in the locker room. I think that kind of factors into um, he got the extension. I think that, that all that factors into it as well as to why he got the extension um, with the Vikings, and also Ersman Junior. Um, also is going to be a very he's going to be a very interesting toy in the mix of the Vikings because I could really see them running you know cook in the backfield uh digs and feeling out wide and then you have um rudolph on the line and you have irv smith in the slot that could be a very fun offense to watch if you mix irv and rudolph at the same time on the field um and i think for me number three i think i'd have to go um you know, I, I guess Chicago because you know they have Sheehy, but also they have Trey Burden, who they brought from the Eagles uh, last year and kind of played injured for most of this year, or not most, but at some points of this year played injured. Um, and then you kind of, and with new coaches, especially with new offensive minded coaches, you always have to give free agents that first year kind of like a freebie because they're still adjusting to the system and how the coach wants things done a certain way. Um, so I think. I'm gonna give Burton a pass on last year, as far as you know, you know the numbers he put up. I think this year he could be in for a better year under Matt Nagy, be, be more comfortable in this offense uh, and more comfortable with Trubisky. You know, per se, so I think that could also help out a lot. Um, and with Detroit, it's like, you know, they signed Jesse James from the Steelers. You know, during free agency, and just Jesse James is a fine tight end. I think could really thrive in a starting role, but i to see how this works out because of Detroit. It's like, they've never really had t- success at the tight end position, you know? So just something to keep an eye on uh, for sure. But I think, you know, green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit in that order, as far as tight ends go from best to worst, but.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm glad I said it beforehand before the Packers drafted him because I would have sounded like a huge homer. But I felt kind of dumb saying it at the time. But I said, I, I don't know why everyone's so high on certain tight ends, but I, I would take Jay Sternberger over Noah Fant as a receiving tight end any day of the week. I, I just, would
0: agree with that. He,
1: he's not as athletic. Noah Fant is, is super athletic, but you just watch him as a route runner and just as a receiver, how smooth he is. And just, I, I just thought he was a lot of fun to watch. So when we drafted him in the third, it was like, this is. I'm excited. I don't know. You know, obviously I'm something's wrong because Noah went before and, and Jace went after, and these guys know more than I do, but I don't care. I got the guy that I like. So I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a pretty solid tight end. Although we've had talent there before and it doesn't materialize. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is going to be kind of boring. If you don't have too many thoughts, then uh, we'll move on pretty quickly, but let's talk offensive line. Um, I think the bears, Packers and Lions are all kind of comfortable where they're at. The Vikings have been kind of a mess, but they've done some things and they've got a new outside zone kind of scheme going on, so maybe they can turn it around. But if you had any thoughts, what are your kind of your thoughts about the offensive lines in the NFC North?
0: I think easily at Green Bay is number 1. And I think I say this because I think David Bakhtiari is easily I don't want to say overlooked because I, I want to I don't want to think he is because I think people talk about him a lot more um and then Toronto Armstead from the Saints but I think he's 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 easily one of if not the second best left tackle in the game right now. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that between between Armstead, between Bartiari, you know, maybe Tyron Smith, if we still think that uh, he's the same guy in Dallas, but I think Bartiari easily is one of the best offensive linemen in the game um, with Green Bay and then you know, I'm interested in Detroit because they drafted uh, Frank Ragnarok last year out of Arkansas, right? The center yeah. And you know he's going to be playing center this year full time now. So um, I think I try to rank him. I think I go Green Bay. I actually really like what Detroit has done in the offseason, addressing their offensive line, and they're getting some guys back healthy. Um, so I go Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago, and Minnesota because we just don't know what the Vikings are going to do with that offensive line. You know, it's just right. it's kind of like a big question mark for sure.
1: Um, so we'll. I guess before we flip over to defense, um, overall, I mean, it, you can kind of tell by the rankings, I guess, but overall, just looking at offense, if you were to just say, you know, I guess rank them or whatever, the overall offense is. what do you think just in terms of not just rank, but this is a good offense and these are just not very good offenses in the NFC North?
0: Okay. All right. So I think one would be Green Bay, obviously. Um, two would be Minnesota. Three would be Mm. Okay. I mean, one Green Bay, two Minnesota. And it's like, you know, I know we just went through this list and I know I said Detroit had better players, <laughs> but then again, I have to think about Matt Nagy, what he brings yeah. offensively to Chicago. Um, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go to the play. I'm gonna say, okay. Green Bay, Minnesota. I'm gonna go to Detroit at three, just cause the players you feel like and a healthy offensive line and a re-improved offensive line. I'm going to go to Detroit at three and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because the lions never do. They never get that benefit. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and I'll go Chicago four just because I need to see another year of Trubisky and these other players under Matt Nagy, uh, more comfortable in this offense and see what they really do this I would year. Say that's the right order.
1: Um, so defense, we'll just work from inside out. Um, I know Generally, the way that this is seen is Bears and Lions have great defense, or excuse me, the the Bears and Vikings have great defenses. Packers and Lions have garbage defenses. But I think Mm -hmm. along the defensive line, especially with the upgrades that Detroit and Green Bay have made, there's some pretty good talent here. Um, Maybe not quite on the same level as each other, but if you look at Green Bay, they've got uh, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels on the inside, who we're very happy with here. Um, Dean Lowry has been, you know, pretty decent. You're also going to have some of the edge guys that kind of kick inside like Zadarius Smith. You look at the Bears, obviously with Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman and Bilal Nichols, really solid group. Um, I don't know if Minnesota has a group, but Linval Joseph on the inside is a really scary player. And then Detroit, maybe not great pass rushers, but you look at guys like Snacks Harrison and A'shaun Robinson and Deshaun Hand, these big you know, Alabama guys and, and Snacks just clogging that front up. I I think the the NFC North has got some pretty good defensive lines, so what would be your thoughts as far as some of the scarier guys that you'd have to go up against, just interior, not pass rushers?
0: Just interior. I think Green Bay, I think just because of the guys you just mentioned, Kenny Clark, who I think really is the underrated defensive lineman. I think no one's talked about him enough, but I think this could be the year that people start to recognize just what kind of player Clark is and how good he is. Mm -hmm. Um, and if Mike Daniels can be, if he can stay healthy, you know, yeah. that being the key, because this year he was hurt a lot and played hurt. Um, so I think them two alone, I think is a very good interior duo on the defensive line. So I'd probably say Green Bay won. I think Green Bay has the best interior duo in the, in that division right now between Daniels and uh, Clark. Then I'd probably give it to Minnesota with Linval Joseph um, and company. And then with Detroit, between Snacks Harrison, uh Ashawn Robinson, as you mentioned, uh, they bring in Trey Flowers from New England. Um, and then with Chicago, you kind of look at what they have with Akeem Hicks, um, who is a really fine defensive mm-hmm. lineman. The Saints let him go. But we'd let him go to grow, if that makes sense. You know, it had it had to happen. So right we're okay with that. <laughs> but I mean, i uh, get, yeah, it's just, it's a very good division, you know, as far as, you know, defensive players goes, it's a very stacked division. And I know people, as you said, people, the narrative has always been Detroit and Chicago, or I'm sorry, Minnesota and Chicago have great defenses and the lions and Packers just have awful defenses. But I think now, as you mentioned through free agency in the draft that both have really bulked up, um, you know, their defenses. So I think if I had to rank them, I would go. Mm, just, just interior guys, Not, yeah, not pass right. rushers. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go Green Bay one, Chicago two. Um, I'll go Minnesota three, Detroit four. But Detroit is not a like a far four. Yeah. Like between Robinson and Snacks Harrison. It's a very close four or close three, my bad. So, yeah, that'd be the order I could probably give them. Yeah,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Um, edge rushers, I, you know, the, the Aaron Rodgers of the defenses in the NFC North is going to be Khalil Mack. I think that kind of goes without saying. Khalil Mack yep. is – I will forever hate the Raiders for giving Khalil Mack to the Bears. <laughs> but <laughs> out, opposite Khalil Mack, they don't really have a bunch going on. I know the Bears fans like Leonard Floyd and they expect a lot out of him, but he has done nothing up to this point. Um, but, mm-hmm. air, you know, it doesn't matter when you have Khalil Mack, I guess. Um, the yeah. Vikings with Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. Daniil Hunter's a freak. Uh, Everson Griffin, he's got some off-the-field things going on, but in his, if if he can get back going, that's a heck of a duo. Um, Detroit, they kind of don't have much, but they went out and got Trey Flowers, who's going to be their guy. So they've got their, their stacked <clears> – <throat> or not stacked, but, you know, their, their talented guy. And then the Packers go from – Clay Matthews and Nick Perry, which was just doing absolutely nothing to Zadarius Smith, Preston mm-hmm. Smith, and now Rashawn Gary. So um, maybe maybe don't exactly have that number one guy like the, the, the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears do, but I think it's a pretty decent trio depending on what uh, Rashawn Gary can do. But without leading you anymore, what are your thoughts on the edge rushers?
0: Right, because if I'm correct here, the Packers are now, they're, they're still a 3-4 defense here, right? Yeah. Which would mean that uh Zedarius and Preston likely will be outside linebackers slash pass rushers, right?
1: Yeah, they'll they'll kick inside once in a while, but primarily they're gotcha. outside linebackers.
0: Okay. Well, one obviously I I don't want I don't want to make it all about one guy, but I mean Khalil, I can't argue with Kluel Mack. Right. Like he's to, to me, he's the best defensive player in the NFL. I mean no no disrespect to Aaron Donald. I love Aaron Donald and what he does with to me, Mac is just a freak. Um I remember a couple years ago he was an all pro at two positions so I mean <laughs> <laughs> he was all, he was all pro outside linebacker in a three four and then he was also all pro at a four three end. so I mean I, I'm not gonna argue with the guy who was an all pro at two different positions. so um yeah obviously what Mac brings uh, what Mac brings and Floyd, if he can just stay healthy you know and take advantage of the attention cool Mac brings on one side. Then, you know, we could see some improvement from Leonard Floyd going into this year. But I think one has to be Cleo Mac um and the Bears. And two, I actually do like the trio of um, of uh, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gray, the rookie, right, yep. this year. Yep. Yeah, I like the trio they have. Um And really with Zadarius you know, we saw him kind of take that big step in Baltimore this year as like a premier pass rusher. No one really talked about him before this past year as much. So, if he can go out there and prove it again in Green Bay with the new team, um, I think he has a chance to really be a household name in the NFL. Preston Smith as well. I live in Dallas, so I see a lot of Cowboy games. He's a very good player. He was a very good player for the Redskins uh, from what I saw. And, again, I think Green Bay going out there being aggressive because that's the narrative, right? Green Bay has never been aggressive when it comes to free agency. <laughs> they never signed players, and they actually they did this year. Um, so I like what they did with Zadarius and Preston Smith. and I probably give them the number two spot on this list. Um, and three. I'll give it to the Vikings because Daniel Hunter led the NFL. In, he led the NFL in sacks this year, which is funny because if your name isn't Donald or Cleo Mack, no one talks about right. you as far as, yeah. um, leading the sacks Cause I think last year was Chandler Jones mm-hmm. and he like, he, he was somewhat close to the all time, the regular season sack record, right. you know, by straight hand, but no one, Nothing. No one talked about it. It was all about Donald and the club mag, which, I mean, it should be, but I gonna mean, put some respect it's on, uh, crazy, you know, yeah. the pass rushers. Yeah. So, you know, and and the reason I put him at three is just because with Everson Griffin, we don't know, you know, if he's going to be the same Everson Griffin that we once saw, you know, before, you know, he had the issues off the field. So, um, and a four Detroit, because I think they're a little unproven on the defensive line as far as pass rushers go. We, we, we know, Matt Patricia, we know Matt, Matt Patricia knows Trey Flowers from his time in New England, but the narrative always has been what? New England players and New England coaches don't succeed out of, outside right. of New England. So we'll have to wait and see on Trey Flowers, see if, if he lives up to the, the hype of the deal that he got. So, yeah, Chicago 1, Green Bay 2, um, Minnesota 3, and Detroit 4. All right,
1: four. let's talk inside linebackers now. So the, the Packers, we've got Blake Martinez is kind of the, the one guy that's in that group. Um, who's going to be next to him is kind of a big question mark, whether it's, you know, James Crawford or the guy we drafted, Oren Burks, who had kind of a terrible year in his rookie year, hoping to take a step there. Uh, the bears definitely have some, some pretty big names, uh, Danny Trevathan, and then they drafted Roquan the year before. Um, you look at the Vikings also got some pretty big names in Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. And then the Detroit lions have Jared Davis in the middle of their defense, Uh, They drafted Jelani Tavai and then what else they're doing at linebacker? I'm not entirely sure. So I don't know if you have too many thoughts on that, but what do you think?
0: Yeah, if I had to rank them, I probably say, I think probably the most completed resume out of all these units, I think is probably going to be Minnesota, what Eric Kendricks has done for the Vikings last couple of years. Um, So I'd go Minnesota one, Chicago two, because we know what Trevathan brings to the table and Roquan, uh, kind of throughout the second half of the season, kind of came on and, and was a pretty solid linebacker. Um, Green Bay three because if I'm correct here, Martinez was it Martinez or Ryan who was injured for most of this year, or was it both?
1: Uh, Ryan was out all of last year.
0: Okay, and Martinez played all of this year.
1: I think so. Or,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and Martinez it, it, from Martinez, uh, is a fine player, a very yeah. solid player, and, but we just got to see, um. You know, see him – and, you know, the thing with the linebacker position with the Packers is that, you know, they tried the whole Clay Matthews playing the middle linebacker thing beforehand, and then that didn't work out. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of – it was it was a jumbled mess. I think Martinez kind of got lost in the mess, you know, under all that. So I think um, if he can just have a really – put together a really good year this year, I think he could uh, be a very fine linebacker in the NFL. Um, and then for Jared Davis and the Lions, which is because – You know, you've seen potential here and there from Jared Davis, but then it disappears very quickly, just as fast as it appears. So just got to see the inconsistencies go away from Jared Davis and, you know, put together a solid season.
1: Yeah, I think that group is a mess. I do a lot of NFL draft stuff. I got a YouTube channel and whatnot. And it's funny because every once in a while I'll hit on something and fans just lose their minds. And I kept saying the Lions really need to work on their linebackers because they're all garbage and they just get so mad. It's like, you guys really don't know how bad your linebackers are, do you? <laughs> it's not good.
0: But all right, yeah. I'll stop
1: mocking your linebackers, I guess. Enjoy your tight end.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you know, we came out of Florida I mean, there were questions, obviously, and you know, and. You know, maybe he wasn't worth the first round pick, but I mean, you've seen some moments where it's like, hey, he's a good linebacker. And then you've seen other moments where it's like, "Okay, maybe, you know, what are we doing here with this? But it's just inconsistencies at the linebacker position for Detroit is really what it comes down to. And
1: full disclosure, I really liked him coming out of college, mostly because I I just like guys that hit hard and I don't really care about what the NFL currently needs in linebackers. But yeah, I, I liked him coming out of college, too, but he's just. It's just not working. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Jelani, maybe Jelani Tavai will figure it out.
0: All right. I hope so. Yeah.
1: So cornerbacks now. We got a couple more positions to go. Um gotcha. So the, the Packers got a lot of real young guys. Uh Jair Alexander, who is kind of the the, the star, and it's kind of a matter of is he hopefully he didn't peak because it was good, but hopefully there's some room to grow because the expectation or hope is he can actually be one of the, the kind of premier corners. Josh Jackson, we didn't see quite as much from, but some promise. You know, he was potentially a first round pick uh last year. Uh Kevin King, real serious injury issues, and you know, I, I don't want to lead you, but I'm I'm not personally sold going into year three. Um the Chicago Bears, Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mokimura, they lost their slot corner and replaced him with Buster Screen, which I don't know why in the world you do that other than you need a warm body in there but you know otherwise Kyle Fuller Prince of Marumara had great years last year uh mm-hmm. Vikings cornerbacks Mackenzie Alexander, Trey Wayne, Xavier Rhodes, you know that that same crop. And then Detroit obviously their their number one is Darius Slay and then um yeah they actually went out I think Justin Coleman from Seattle in the yep. slot and then uh Melvin T Tabor is another guy that I <laughs> I was really high on. Before he ran his 40 I was really high on him. And then uh, he's just been
0: about the worst. Just, and I just you and Florida, you and Florida defenders. I don't know man, what it so is, I hope... man.
1: I got to stop watching them because I,
0: I. don't Hey, let me ask you: How high were you on Chauncey Gardner Johnson?
1: Um, I liked him. Not, not as high, high. as everybody okay. else, but I did like him. I think um, not as high. Not either. as high as well. I, okay, I can't <laughs> say. I don't want to say the guy that we drafted, but. Uh, um. Yeah. No. There was. There was only like two. Are three safeties I really really liked, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson was kind of second tier. Second, I thought second round was fair.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. As long so. as, as long as it is, it will, as long as you not like him as much as Jared Davis or uh, Tony. No.
1: <laughs> I won't put that bad juju on him. Man. I'll just say he's garbage. He's no good. Right. All right. I'll let you run with the cornerbacks.
0: Yeah. So, and let me just say, you know, with the cornerbacks in the North, um, you know, the one guy who I really was high on uh, in last year's draft and kind of. After the injuries, kind of put together a really pretty good rookie year was Jair Alexander. I think yeah. if you one game in particular, if you go back with that Rams game, I remember, oh. I remember two plays back to back. I think they had Brandon Cooks run a go route back to back plays on Jair Alexander one on one, and uh, I think he swatted swatted one away and he broke up another one. And you know, he uh, he put his finger up was like that swagger, you know, just oh that's, he's got that's, all that. Yeah, it's something cool for a young corner to have in this league, especially with how pass-happy it is nowadays and aggressive teams can be. So, you know, you look at the Packers' core, you know, as you mentioned, I I do love Jerry Rags, I think he has the potential to be a, you know, another great cornerback in this league, but no one's talking about him quite yet because, you know, it wasn't, you know, he was hurt most of this year. Green Bay wasn't in the playoffs. No reason to make noise. Um, And with Josh Jackson, as you mentioned, I thought he could have been a, you know, borderline first round pick. He fell a little bit. The Packers took him. I thought it was a very good pick where they, where they took him out uh, last year. Um you know, Kevin King, you know, I know you were not sold on year three and I'm a, I'm a tad more optimistic, Most you know, so are, I'm going to yeah. give him, the, <laughs> I'm going to give him, I, I don't blame you for that either way. I mean, it's either, you know, it's either your, your patience runs short on players and, you know, by this, by, you know, year two or three, you got to show me what you're worth, you know, it back or, you know, it's well year by year we'll take it year by year and you know, just see where we're at. But you know, with with King, you just kind of got to hope for the best and hope that, you know, um, they just put together and is healthy and you know, can show you some, show you something to be positive about going into year four and think that maybe you could bring it back and on a prove it deal, you mm-hmm. know? So that's, what you kind of got to hope for in those kind of situations with the injured college player trying to get back into, you know, game shape, I guess. Um, I think for me, the number one group is probably going to be Chicago because yeah. you look at fool that led the NFL led the NFL in picks this year. Uh, and Amukamara is a very good number two corner to have, um, and the good thing about them, well, not a good thing, but the the great thing about the Bears' defense is that it's wired from bottom to uh, from the bottom to the top, so they're allowing their pass rushers to get to the uh, quarterback, and you know their DBs just to hold their own. Um, so I think that being said, with Khalil Mack – Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, and, you know, Leonard Floyd. Um, if they can get to the quarterback, you know, then you can afford to have guys like Buster Sp- Buster right. Screen covering, you know, wide receivers, you know, because you're counting on that front seven to get to the quarterback. And that's what the Bears do. That's what they do well, I might add. So I think the number one duo, or number one would be Chicago for me. Number two, I think I would probably give it to Green Bay just because I know what they have. I know what I'm getting with the Packers secondary, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I know what I'm going to get. It's not like, it's not a top five, top six or seven secondary, but it's average. It will get the job done most of the time, unless you're just within a, go go against an elite offense like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Patriots, where they will pick you apart schematically and just, you know, destroy you. That's what they do. <laughs> so, um, Green Bay two, number three, number three, I give it to, I really do give it to Detroit. Okay. I say this because I know Darius Slay is a pro bowl type corner. You know, he's a great player. Um, they bring in Justin Coleman from Seattle to play the slot. Who I think, um, I think he's worth the price tag. They paid. I know that I believe they made him the highest paid slot corner in the NFL. And I think he's worth every penny of it. I think Matt Patricia has an idea of what he wants to do with, uh, Coleman in the slot. um, and I Minnesota at four to me because we didn't see we did not see the same Xavier Rhodes that we saw before. Um, he was hurt this year, but he also looked lost. Didn't look at the same, you know, aggressive corner we saw before with Rhodes. Um, Trey Wayne's struggled a little bit. Um, they're gonna get their uh, their first round pick back um, from UCF last oh, year. Yeah, was it yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike Hughes? Hughes. They're gonna get Hughes back from the injury, but we don't know how that's gonna hold up. Um, So I think it's just Minnesota, it's a lot more questions, you know, because you don't know who the number two corner is going to be. You don't know if Rhodes really is the same corner, you know, after this year that we've seen before. So at least with Detroit, I can say I have my number one corner. I have my starting slot corner figured out. And towards Minnesota, it's a lot more questions than answers, I think. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe that secondary is more questions Mm -hmm. than answers. Uh, per se. So that's, that's how I view the corner situation, uh, in the North.
1: Yeah. So the, the last group is the safeties and there's a little bit of a a little bit of friction between Packers and bears here with ha ha Clinton Dix going to Chicago and Adrian Amos coming to green Bay. Um, and it's kind of ugly on Twitter with fan bases, kind of trashing ex players, which (laughs) I'm not a big fan of, but, um, so Chicago, obviously Eddie Jackson, just playing out of his mind. Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, who I think is, you know, depending on who you ask, Bears fans overrate him, Packers fans underrate him. But he's got a real good chance to thrive over there in Chicago next to Eddie Jackson and in that system. Mm -hmm. Um, The Minnesota Vikings with uh, Harrison Smith, and I believe they're going to be running with Anthony Harris. Um, He actually seemingly played pretty well last year. Um, We'll have to see how he does. And then, um, you know, the Detroit Lions, I – I'm not entirely sure. Quandre Diggs, obviously, is going to be one of the guys. Uh, Tavon Wilson. And then Green Bay has got brand spanking new safeties. Adrian Amos from Chicago. And then Darnell Savage, who they traded up in the first round to draft, who was the other guy that I was mentioning that I really liked. I don't know if you had a chance to watch his college tape at all, but um, I didn't watch a ton of it until we drafted him. And then it was just one of those like, oh, that's that's impressive. So, <laughs> <You laughs> that all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, your thoughts on the safeties.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a very, cl- it's a very close group as far as, you know, like I think each, each of the four teams has like a set star and then they have another, and then they have unknown right. playing the other spot. Right. So I think with, you know, Chicago, you have Eddie Jackson, who is the star and then ha is going to be the question mark. You look at Minnesota, you have Harrison Smith, who is the star. And then you have Anthony Harris, who's going to be the question mark. Green Bay, you have Amos, who's going to be the star. And then you have um, uh, Savage, who's kind of you know it's a rookie. Right. It's, it's a rookie. so obviously there are going to be questions. Uh, and then in Detroit, you have Contray Diggs, who you think should be your star safety. He should be the guy. And then you have Wilson, who's kind of, or Wilson slash whoever else you know they may see you playing yeah. safety. Nobody really knows. So I think if I had to order them, I think one. I think one would have to be Chicago because out of all the question marks I just listed, Ha Ha is probably the most, you know, proven out of those guys. And I think, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think Bear fans will overrate Ha Ha just because he's a pack. He was a Packer and, you know, he made plays. And then if you ask Green Bay fans, they'll tell you that he sucked. That's why we got rid of him. That's why we traded him. You know, he joins the Bears, of course, just to get back at the Packers. But I, I think if you ask me, Ha Ha was a very fine player and a very fine safety. Um, and I think it was just a matter of conflict of interest between him and Green Bay. I think that's why he got traded. Ultimately, it was because he just, you know, there was a lot of drama going on last year in Green Bay. I'm sure you know it was more bit, than yeah. a, as anyone. There was a lot of drama. A lot of drama. Um, and I think Ha Ha publicly commenting that, you know, Green Bay didn't want to bring him back and that they weren't going to negotiate a contract uh, ultimately, yeah. you know, got him traded, which I mean, as a player, I mean, you say what you want, do what you want, but I mean, that's just how it is. It's a business. Um, so yeah, Chicago won. I think I would go Minnesota too. But I think Harrison Smith is a very good safety, and I think he's a very underrated star. People, people will talk about him for a couple of weeks, but then they don't. So it's just you know, he's a very fine safety. Very people don't talk about him as much as we would like to. Um, I think number three, we be agree because I think Adrian Amos was a very good safety in Detroit or Chicago, just kind of overlooked because of all the plays Eddie Jackson made, but he certainly held his own with the bears. Um, when asked the pond too. So I think he's a very fine player. Um, and actually I did watch some tape on Savage when he came out. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do, um, together as a safety unit. Cause that could be, that very well could be the most complete duo come time. The uh, season is over for sure. Um, Depending how things turn out with Ha Ha in Chicago, um, the Detroit Quantrill Diggs he's a, he's going from corner to safety. Um, he's a very good corner. I saw him at te- uh, he played Texas, so I've seen a lot of uh, you know Texas games when he played here. Um, and then his first couple of years in the uh, with Detroit, I've always been high on Quantrill Diggs. You know, so I'm very glad he got the extension done with the Lions because I think he's worthy of it and worth it. So um, yeah, I think it's gonna be interesting to see who the other safety is for the Lions. But I think I should try to give you, before the season started right now, where I think they rank, it'd be Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, um, and Detroit.
1: Awesome. So one final question, and answer it again however you want. But if you just look at the teams overall, Bears, Packers, Lions, and and Vikings, which ones do you think, not just ranking, but which ones do you think maybe have a real shot at, let's say, Super Bowl, playoffs, winning the division, or are just kind of you know maybe a work in progress. Okay,
0: well let's see, let's think about this here, Ryan. So, and look, I think I think if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, and if the acquisitions of Amos, Zadarius, and Preston Smith, if they all, if they prove that they're worth it, and they play like they did last year for their respective teams, I think Green has got a shot. You know, at make at not only making the playoffs, but they can make a run. You know. They can win a playoff game mm-hmm. or two and maybe cause some serious noise because all the Packers really need is Aaron to be healthy and to protect Aaron at all costs, right? That's just ultimately what it is. Right. So I think if those three guys can, you know, prove that they're worth every penny that the Packers sign them for, and if maybe you get some outside production, outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, you know, maybe guys like Jimmy Graham steps up or – um you know geronimo allison he's back with the packers correct he's 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 back yeah yep. and maybe yep. if you figure out who the number two wide receiver is outside of adams i don't know if you know that or not but yeah if they can get some production at the wide receiver spot outside of Devonte adams um uh, then i think for sure green bay to me could very well be in that uh that super bowl uh, spot for who all for all we know um if not, if not Green Bay, I would think Chicago, obviously, is the second runner-up because look at that defense uh, and what it did last year. And they probably did the very same thing this year. with um, yeah. that defense the Bears have. The offense still has some question marks. Let's not be, you know, is there they have some question marks and um, what they can do. And then with Minnesota, it's it all falls on Kirk Cousins, right? If Cousins can get them over the hump and, you know, win some games when it really matters – and he won't. They'll pay him 83 million dollars and he won't. <laughs> <laughs> so we 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 know this, but yeah. I mean, if you'd asked me between Case Keenum and Kirk Cousins, I think I would have probably paid Kirk Cousins too, if we're gonna be honest here, because yeah you just didn't know what you're gonna get out of Case Keenum week in and week out. And Cousins probably have more upside, I guess, but Yeah, that's just what Cousins is. He's going to be a stat patter, and, you know, he'll be a guy who will get you seven to eight wins, you know, and then there'll be two or three games and it really counts and he won't get the job done. So, and with with Detroit, I think they're rebuilding with Patricia, but I think they're a team within a year or two. I think they could really, you know, they can do something in a couple of years, I think, with Detroit. I think they're trending in the right direction with the pieces they have. Uh, the guys they signed, um, so I like where Detroit. I like where the direction they're going in, and if they could just give Patricia some time to see this out, um, I think it could be a very good thing for Detroit. But right now, I think Green Bay. Is, I think Green Bay is going to be the favorite. And if Aaron can stay healthy, I think that's a very dangerous team uh, to make a late season push. Uh, Chicago, just because of that defense and what we know they can do, they'll be a tough play. They'll be a tough team to play and then Minnesota and Detroit will be kind of just there.
1: That's awesome, man. Well, I really, really appreciate you jumping on and taking the time. This was, this was a little longer than I was expecting it to be, but I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, make sure you check out all saints considered. And, um, That is the name of it, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That sounded messed up when I said it. Like, that's not it. All Saints Considered podcast. And uh, I just, I look forward to working with you in the future, man. Uh,
0: Of course, Ryan. We're always welcome to have you on. uh, Talk some Saints Packers with us. Um, Maybe we'll do a playoff show. Who knows? Depending on this year. I hope so.
1: (laughs) All right, man. Well, you have a good one. I'll talk to you later.
0: You too. Appreciate it.
1: All right, man. Bye.